but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To them merit and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. This is the word of the Lord. It is not uncommon to find children and teenagers saying that they will be happier when they can do whatever they want as adults. What we discover sooner or later is that it is not possible to find total happiness by living according to our heart's longing or longings and ignoring the world around us. The middle age is another phase of life when people often project happiness in the future. During these years, almost every hour of our schedule is full with our jobs and duties regarding wife, kids, sometimes in different phases of life, and maybe pets. During these years, it's hard to find a free time. This feeling of overload leads many parents to dream of the time when all their children will finally leave home. Oh, then may the weary parents finally live a little for themselves. Many people want to be alone or free of family obligations. Maybe some of us here. But some of us live in a different reality. What is the will of God for those who have never married or have decided to remain single after divorce or the death of a spouse? What are the privileges of singleness? What are the dangers? What are the opportunities the Lord provides? Today, we will look at these questions. Let us look carefully at the instructions of the Lord through the letter of Paul to the Corinthians. And as we know, enjoying God's will is complex in every season of life after the fall in the Garden of Eden. The city of Corinth presented a practical example of the extreme and distortions that human beings can adopt in their relationships. There was the Pago Temple of Aphrodite, uh, the goddess of love, where sexual orgies were practiced as a form of worship. And many of the church members used to live this sinful life before to meet Christ. And after to know the Lord, in order to distance the church from the immoral lifestyle of Corinth, uh, by prom- they started to promote, to promote, uh, a caste life without any sexual contact as the more godly lifestyle. On the other hand, some of the church members remained in the same immoral sexual life. To resolve this great mess in both chapter 5, chapters 5 and 6, Paul wrote about incest and sexual immorality. He is indignantly committed the moral laxity 
of the Corinthians and encourage them to live in a way to glorify God. For that, the apostle shares the biblical principles for marriage, divorce, virginity, and celibacy in chapter 7. Paul discusses couples staying together, unmarried virgins, and celibacy as a proper way and one of the proper ways to glorify God as a single person. Just meditating in this precious Bible portion, I'd like to share with all of you some truths for the single people in the covenant family. And the first one is that living as a single person can be a gift. Living as a single person can be a gift. And when we observe verse 1, when Paul says, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Is Paul just encouraging and commanding live as a single? Some one translation makes a question. Is it better for a man not to marry? Or is it Paul opening statement in discussion, discussion of a marriage? Based on his own authority, Paul could not have advocate celibacy, for it must be contradicting God's pronunciation in Genesis when the Lord created man and said, it is not good that man is alone. And also the Lord encouraged procreation Supporting the beauty of marriage that Paul will defend here to the Corinthians, we find the great reformer John Calvin saying, For God so ordained in the beginning that a man without a wife was half a man, as it were, and he lacked the help which he specifically needed. And the wife was, as it were, the cap of the man. Therefore, Whatever evil or difficult there is in a marriage arise from the institution of God. As marriage is a blessing and a gift from the Lord. From verses 2 through 5, Paul speaks favorably about marriage. Possible on his own. There is no indication that he belittles it in any way. And in his instructions to Timothy, his son in faith. He faces the apostates that forbidden people to marry. Nowhere on of his epistles, he just disencouraged or denied the reality of marriage. But what then is Paul trying to convey here when he advises and say to single people that they could and maybe should remain married or single? In chapter 7, he will make it clear that marriage is not the only condition in which one can serve and please God. This is why when he declares in verse 7, I would that all men were as I am. He expressed a genuine will, not an improbable desire. But what does he have in mind? As I asked, is he advocating celibacy over marriage? Not at all. Paul teaches that while marriage, which God has instituted, is good and commendable, not all people should marry or pursue marriage. 
Some people were once married and are now divorced or widowed. The question of whether Paul was ever married aroused. And some scholars believe that he was married before because in order to become a rabbi in Jewish culture, you should marry. It was not acceptable. So probably he was married before. I believe that. But when he was called by the Lord, we don't know the details. He was living as a single man and serving the Lord. But he clearly observes that the way he was serving the Lord as a single person was a gift from the Lord. He wrote here, making it clear that his life as a single person was a special gift, and so should everyone who decides to serve God as a single person. This is why he declares, yet each has his own God-given gift. One this gift, another that. When God removes the need for marriage from a person, he beholds him with the gift of continence. Paul received this gift from the Lord so he could rejoice in his condition. It was not a sacrifice for him. It was not a horrible thing. But he had joy to serve the Lord as a single man and accomplish his plans to his life. But he recognized well that not all people receive this benefit. And so Paul writes that God gives to each person his gift. Many servants of God throughout history served, served the Lord as a single person. And they did great things, recognizing they received a special gift to, from the Lord to remain single. Like the great 4th century theologian, St. Augustine, who described the supernatural power from the Lord to remain single. And he observes in his classic work, Confessions, how the Lord gave him this gift. Though enjoyest us continence. And when I knew, safe one, that no man can be continent unless God gives it. This also was a part of wisdom to know whose gift she is. By continence, verily are we bound up and brought back into one. Whence we were dissipated into many. For too little dove to love thee, who loves anything with thee, which he loveth not for thee. O love, whoever burneth and never consumest, O chariot, my God, kindle me. Like Augustine, this church already knew many single people who received gifts from the Lord and received the gifts to live a joyful life as a single. But I ask a question. Do you receive a special gift to remain single? Are you sure? If yes, the Lord gave you a special joy in life. Or is your status the result of the current culture? In the last decade, the number of children who are 30 or more living with their parents increased by more than 50%. And most of them moved, moved by the philosophy of sex without commitment. 
So this is not the will of God. If you do not receive the gift of celibacy, singleness might be temporary until God brings you a godly spouse. Until then, you can be glad in the Lord's presence for the uniqueness of the good experiences you will have in this stage of life. So if you are still waiting, wait until the Lord provides a real Christian and committed spouse. Until there, you can rejoice and receive peace from the Lord. But we find a second precious truth in this Bible passage regarding the single, single people in the covenant family. Singleness can be extremely tempting. Singleness can be extremely tempting. As I said, every stage of life has its problems and specific temptations. When you are single, the temptation of fornication is stronger. And you can see in the verses 2, 8, and 9, Paul speaks of the dangers of fornication for those who are single. Because sexual desire is unfulfilled and can be very strong. There is a great temptation to sexual immorality for those who are not married. Especially in societies like the ancient Rome and in our society where a sexual license is freely practiced and glorified. But marriage cannot be reduced simple to being God's escape valve for a sex drive. Paul is not saying, well, if you cannot control yourself, go quickly find the first Christian that you know and marry in order of your, you be free of all the temptations. It's not that. But Paul is just advising a church who was living in a terrible environment with sexual immorality. He was encouraging them to self-exam and discover if the Lord gave them the gift. If not, if the temptation of sexual desires was too high, they should consider that the Lord provided a way to live a sexual fulfilled life through marriage. But not just that. Scriptures give numerous reasons for marriage. Marriage is for procreation. Marriage is for pleasure, yes, not just for procreation. Marriage is a partnership, the best way of you learn how to share life. Marriage is also a picture of the church and has its spiritual implication pointing to Christ and the, re the relationship Christ has with his church. And marriage is for purity. It protects from sexual immorality by meeting the need for physical fulfillment. So Paul is showing, although celibacy is good, it is not superior to marriage. And it has dangers and temptations that marriage does not have. And one of the most powerful weapons Satan uses today to defeat Christians and interrupt their spiritual growth is pornography. As singles do not have a legal way to fulfill their sexual desires, they seem more vulnerable to the toils of pornography. And a recent poll indicates about 
two-thirds of Christian men watch pornography at least once a month. Two-thirds. It's the same rate as men who do not claim to be Christian. Pornography does not have just moral and spiritual implications. William Sturters presented neuroscientific research observing that pornography has the addictive power. It does because it literally changed the chemistry of our brains. Like other adjective triggers, pornography floods the brain with dopamine. The rush of brain chemicals, when it happens repeatedly, rewires the brain rewards pathway and can become a default setting. It's dangerous. And it, pornography is destroying the lives of many, many, many Christians. If pornography is a real problem, problem in our lives, we need to look for pastoral counseling that will provide us a path to freedom and accountability. So do not be ashamed to talk to your pastor or the leader of your small group. Open up your heart. The Lord will give you a way, the way of freedom. Do not remain single if the Lord didn't give you a gift of celibacy. You won't live a joyful life in a sexual immorality. If sexual immorality is part of how you live, consider, pray, reflect. Avoid environments that expose you to strong sexual temptation. And as children of God, do not expose your body in a way to tempt people around you. But we find the third and encouraging truth provided by the Lord for the singles or single people. Singleness is an opportunity to increase the service in the kingdom of God. Singleness can be a gift if you received, regardless the stage of life you are in. Singleness can be tempting and we should be, or the single should be watchful. But finally, singleness is an opportunity to increase and serve the Lord with all your heart. If you observe verse 32 of chapter 7. Verse 32, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The married man is anxious about the things of the Lord. How to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the worldly things. How to please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord. How to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the worldly things. How to please her husband. So in this verse, Paul presents some advantages of serving the Lord as a single person. Yes, you have special and difficult temptations, but also as a single person, you have some great advantages. Married people are continually 
continually concerned about the earthly needs of each other. And as they should be. When Paul says in verse 34 that the woman who is unmarried is holy. And he used the Greek word unmarried, agamos. And holy is used here in its basic sense of separation. So this woman is set apart. Single Christians, whether formally married or never married, are not intrinsically more righteous or faithful than married ones. But they are able, because of fewer family demands and obligations, to be more devoted to the Lord's work. Marriage does not prevent great devotion to the Lord, and singleness does not guarantee it. But singleness has fewer fewer hindrances and more advantages. When you marry, your plans will become our plans. And when somebody, for instance, show up and just bring a very nice invitation, and you get excited, excited before you say, oh, oh, yes, I will go. If you are a wise man or a wise woman, you say, okay, I'll talk to my wife. <laughs> or I will talk to my husband. If you don't do that, there is a huge possibility when you share that at home and say that you said yes, your wife will be mad on you and vice, vice versa. If you are a single person, guess what? You are free to say yes or no without consulting anyone. Isn't wonderful? Yes, maybe. So, serving the Lord as a single person has wonderful advantages to serve and advance the kingdom. And we have great historic examples, like the Moravian community became a launching pad for missions around the world. Missionary service was valued by the Moravians. One of his leaders, Zinzendorf, encouraged single men to go to the mission field. The Moravian missionaries went to extreme to reach others with the gospel. Once, 29 single missionaries sold themselves into slavery. Though St. Thomas, part of the U.S. Virgin Islands, was a Christian nation, none of the slaves knew who Jesus was. In 1739, a slave put his ear on the church door. His master got angry and cut his ear. So those Moravian missionaries, single, went to this place and shared about Jesus. And brought salvation to the world. The Moravian community sent out 226 missionaries to 10 countries before Zizedorf's death in 1760. Some final words of encouragement. If you are serving the Lord as a single person, fill your schedule with serving the kingdom of God and serving your neighbor in need. Let me tell you, you will taste 
a supernatural joy that no entertainment in this world could grant you. Talk to the members of the mission committee of the church. They will present to you a bunch of the, a bunch of opportunities and the Lord will give a peace and some personal experience that you care to the rest of your life. I have. I've been married for almost 20 years. But I still have in my mind some precious personal experience with the Lord that I had as single. So do that. Look for opportunities of serving and developing meaningful relationships in the local church. Maybe an elderly member of the church needs support. Reach him. Or just fellowship. We need to confess, perhaps the most oppressive fear for single and divorced people is loneliness. But single people can form deep, nurturing, intense, intimate relationships, especially in the church. Jesus himself said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. For whom, church? For one's friends. Nancy Person well observes that in our sexualized culture, we tend to equate sex and intimacy. We do not think people can be fulfilled without a romantic partnership. But most other cultures have had a richer understanding of friendship. So families, open your home to make single people really feel part of the covenant family. May they find love and deep friendship not just with other single people, but also with married people. The Lord wants to use our families to welcome the single people in the covenant family and share with them deep love, fulfillment, and rela relational life. At the beginning of this message, I mentioned the wrong concept of many people in thinking that freedom and happiness are accomplished when we are freed of the duties regarding our family. The life of a single people, the life of single people is miserable and destructive if they don't understand that at any stage of, hum of human life, we cannot live for ourselves alone. However, for those in the body of Christ who rejected marriage, God provided a way of announcing that Christian life of community and service offered a radically different path to meaning and fulfillment. And the model church is Jesus himself, who lived a fully human life without sex, romance, and marriage. The lesson is that Sex is good, but it should not be an idol. Sex and marriage should not be elevated to the meaning of life in the covenant family. There are holy, pleasant, and intimate relationships for all people, including single people. May the Lord bless His church and help us to welcome and love the single people that he granted gift, 
the gift of celibacy and let us love them as Christ has loved us. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you for the great salvation we received in Christ. And we praise you for the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. You know the trials, tribulations that all of us face in the current stage of life. But I'd like and we would like to pray for the single people in the covenant family. Blessed brothers and sisters who are serving you with all their hearts. Help us to honor and recognize the hard work they are doing to advance your kingdom. Lord, we ask you to give them the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Not just regarding the sexual reality, but also a holy life separating the best of the year time, treasure, and wisdom to serve your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to welcome them and open up our homes to give them love, fulfillment, and help us, Lord, to love your kingdom above everything. If anyone is struggling, Lord, with pornography, may your Holy Spirit convince us right now and give us the humility to looking for spiritual help and guidance. Use your church to advance your kingdom. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.